Over here, my name is Nick Finzer, and I'm really glad to be here today with amazing guitarist, composer, uh, Alex Goodman. Alex, thanks for being here. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well, and uh, we're here today because you have a new album coming in March 2020, and uh, tell us the title of that. It's called Impressions in Blue and Red. And so something really unique about this record is that it's not just one, it's a double record. And uh, so why don't, let's just jump in and talk about the record straight away sure. here. And um, so you told us the title, tell us about the band and tell us about the concept, how you came up with wanting to do two records and kind of what differentiates the two blue and red records. Yeah. So it's two different bands. Um, the blue record is with Ben Van Gelder, Martin Nevin and Jimmy McBride. And the red record is with Alex Luray, Rick Rosado, and Mark Ferber. And the whole kind of idea of the record was, um, I was just kind of, no it started kind of the catalyst was I was noticing myself kind of intuitively relating um, certain songs with a color without really thinking about it. And it was kind of something that I just did for a long time um, in a way where I kind of like catalog things and uh, relate them to a color without thinking about it which got me really interested in um, the idea of color and why your brain would process something in a certain way to assign it a color. So I started, um, I really like visual art. So I, I go to a lot of museums whenever I can. And I tried to go to more when I was writing this music and just kind of started thinking a lot about color and how visual artists use color and the impact that it would have um, on you as a viewer. And I found that different colors kind of draw something out emotionally um, out of whoever is experiencing them. And it kind of just kind of kickstarted this phase for me where I got, I got really interested in the idea of color and how it affects us. Uh, did a lot of reading on, um, by a lot of different, different authors on, on kind of the properties of color and how people have kind of thought about it in the arts for a long time. And so I just, I, for what I did was I kind of worked backwards. I, I kind of worked instead of um, thinking of a song and then kind of intuitively assigning a color to it. I thought of colors and then trying to write music based on kind of evoking that those qualities of the color. So um, there was kind of one book of music that I had of that I kind of thought of as blue and another as red. And I had a lot of music, so I wanted to kind of bring them together because for me, the repertoire was kind of linked. And so I, I had all this music, and so I, I recorded with two different bands that, for me, kind of evoked the qualities of those colors that I was kind of trying to map out with music. And I recorded uh, two different CDs, and I'm releasing them at the same time, and that's what's coming out. That's that's really awesome. Um, could you elaborate a, at least a little bit, kind of give us some insight into the you know the blue and the red? Like what what is the what are those colors supposed to invoke from the research that you did? Yeah, well, I think the really interesting thing about it is that it's so personal. Um, I think every different person would have a different reaction to these things in the way that I might relate to thinking of a color and the feeling that it would give me is probably completely different than somebody else. And I could never know what somebody else has. And it could be in a completely different realm. Um, the thing that I really like about it is that if I look at a color or for me, what was happening, like if I was kind of cataloging things with a color without thinking about it, that was happening without any thought process. It was kind of like a feeling based thing. It was just kind of happening. 
And so that was something that I got really interested in because I got, I like the idea of um, kind of tapping into the way something feels. And I think we think about that a lot as musicians uh, thinking about the feel of music, but it exists in other kind of domains as well. So for art, like there's a certain feeling that comes about from just looking at something visual. Um, and then when I started to really kind of think through the lens of color, there would be feelings that I would have that are different corresponding to different colors themselves. So like there are these qualities that they kind of possess. The thing is, is that like, it, it's just, it's so personal. And I think that's really cool to just kind of get in touch with the way these things can kind of make you feel. Um, so for me, like the relationship that I had to blue, and if I thought about these different colors, and typically when I was writing songs, I was kind of taking note when I was at art galleries of pieces that I really liked and use of color that I thought was cool. Um, so if there was like a Picasso and there was a, a blue that was being used that I thought kind of hit me in a certain way, I would just kind of take note of the piece and I would kind of store it away. And then when I was writing, I would kind of reference the piece and then I would try to just kind of get into the mindset of that feeling that I would have from from looking at it. And for me, it was it's kind of, I mean, music is pretty abstract. It's not as literal as a painting because you're not actually like constructing anything that you can interpret. It's it's more kind of in the air. But I would kind of try to tap into whatever that feeling was. And for me, like the blues and the reds are different. So that was kind of the process for me. Yeah. And it, forgive me if I'm making an assumption here, but I see like in the titles of some of the tunes, like it's definitely drawn from those art pieces that you were definitely. checking out yeah definitely there's there's a bunch there's a lot of that that's um, cool so are you gonna it would be cool for people to be able to see that at some point are the, are they pieces that are readily available or are they from certain museums they could go and check out or yeah well if you look at the back of the cd and read the titles about half of them are probably art pieces so you can just <laughs> google them and probably google see them. a bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. obviously um, you can't uh, include it all in the liner notes for but, <laughs> practical reasons yeah, but... no, and even actually a lot of the ones that aren't titled with a piece of an artwork there is a corresponding artwork that i was thinking of um but it was the cool thing about it was that Thinking about art, visual art for me through the lens of color was just a different way of approaching it than I'd ever thought of before because it's just like a very specific way to to look at something and to break it down. And it's cool because it's kind of universal. It can apply to Renaissance art. It can apply to 20th century art. It can apply to pretty much anything, but you can still think through this kind of prism of of color and how the artist is using it. And sometimes the way it hits you is still kind of direct, even like regardless of when it's when it's from. So that, that was an interesting process because it connected some pieces of art that you would never like Gerard David and like these very old centuries old pieces of art to something by Kandinsky, which typically wouldn't have that much in common. But if you think about it this way, it actually, it can, and I could grab from all these different artists and everything was kind of of interest and and related to how i was thinking about it yeah that's so interesting yeah i i guess i'm pretty nerdy too when it comes to like thinking about how these different artistic mediums can be interrelated and just about creativity in general so i'm uh i'm fascinated i didn't know that until right now so now i'm even more interested <laughs> definitely um, yeah i think i think it's just good to to break out of the you know, kind of the, the niche of jazz sometimes just to think about these things. Cause yeah, it does um, explore creativity. And I think that's just a really important part of what we're doing. So it's, um, 
it's it's a yeah it's a, it's a great opportunity to kind of just think about things a different way and see how they manifest when you actually do go to put it in music so and it just it ties together a lot of things that i'm really interested in and and really love a lot so so it, it happened actually pretty organically well that's beautiful so did um the the kind of the conception of the red versus blue affect like the musicians that you chose to play on the project definitely yeah definitely um when i was thinking of musicians like i was talking about kind of cataloging like i, I first noticed that this was happening um because when i would think of standards sometimes there would be kind of a color associated with it without really thinking about it but then after a while i realized that um i was just kind of doing that and not noticing and um, it was just an interesting thing that was happening. And the same kind of thing happens with uh, players themselves sometimes. So I actually, I tried to get players together who I associated with those colors that um, represent the album that they're on. And um, for whatever reason, I was intuitively thinking of these players associated with those colors. There is, there's something going on that's instinctual. And uh, I just kind of wanted to tap into that and, and bring those people together. Wow, that's cool. So, did, is this related at all to any like synesthesia or any of that kind of? I guess. I mean, I don't. I try. I'm trying to like. It's complicated for me because I think if I if it is something like that for me, it's probably a pretty like lesser form. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. like a spectrum of how strong people can feel that. And for me, it was more like the curiosity of experiencing things that way. And I don't know what it is. It, I, I think it's it probably would be pretty minor if it was if I would even call it that I I don't know, but for yeah. me the really cool thing was just like this exploration that kind of came from it and mm -hmm. just thinking about these ideas and then turning it into something, um, because yeah it's just it's uh it just got me thinking about things from a different angle. Oh totally yeah I mean I know some people when they talk about they hear certain chords of certain colors and certain notes or certain colors right. Or, can go a lot deeper but anyway Definitely, it's kind of just yeah. a fascinating a fascinating relationship between uh aural and visual yeah me, absolutely and there's just something so primal about it mm -hmm. um i mean especially with red and blue as primary colors like it's um it's really interesting to see how you interpret the different shades and how the different shades can exist and it can evoke qualities of the color itself so blue and red kind of at a basic kind of primal sense have different qualities um for me that i that i get from just looking at them but then there's this kind of infinite spectrum that can exist within them that light is affecting that was another thing that i found really interesting that there's qualities of color so how blue is something or if it's combining colors like how blue and how red is it and how does that impact how we read the color and then above and beyond that how is light impacting it so how light or dark is it and it's interesting because I mean, in music, there's these concepts still exist, lightness and darkness. And uh, it's interesting to think about it in a visual sense and to look at something and, and register how you're reading it and what emotion it would be giving you. And then to think about all these properties interacting to get there. Right, yeah, that's so interesting. Well, let's lo loop back here for a second and hmm. tell people a little bit about your origin story where you're from mm -hmm. and how you got started playing jazz. Yeah, I'm from Toronto, Canada. And I guess I started playing jazz a, a little little late in the grand scheme of New York jazz, jazziness. Um, probably around the end of high school, I started getting into it. 
And then when I started university, I started at McGill University in Montreal, and I thought I would do a double degree, kind of like a masochist double degree where you do <laughs> two things at once, um, which I did for a little bit. I was going to do a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Music at the same time. And after two years, I, I was playing jazz, but I wasn't particularly serious about it. Um, I was definitely interested in it, but I wasn't really doing that much with it. And I was just trying to do a lot of things at the same time. And it just kind of became pretty apparent that it was going to be difficult to get anything done pursuing that many things at the same time. So I decided I ended up um, transferring. I ended up just doing music at University of Toronto, where I'm from. And I finished my undergrad there, did music, uh, stayed in Toronto for a few years playing, and then moved to New York where I have been since 2012, did my master's here, and have been uh, just living, playing ever since. And it's been, a, it's been a great experience. I feel very fortunate to have come from Toronto because there's a very strong jazz scene there. There's a lot of history, particularly with jazz guitar. There's a lot of really amazing guitar players from Toronto, um, the city itself. And that was really inspiring and um, a, a pretty cool opportunity to be around when I was learning. Mm -hmm. And uh, these days, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I love being in New York. Um, I, I really, I really, I really love the city itself. I love all the musicians that I get to play with. And it's, it's just always uh, a really inspiring and, and um, yeah, it's just, it's a great place to be. I'm a, I'm a fan. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great records from Toronto, right? Like, isn't Massey Hall That's in Toronto, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. A couple of good lines on uh, Nasty Hall records. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And the, the jazz guitar tradition there is really, really amazing. Um, I mean, Jim Hall Live is with a Canadian band, um, which I think recorded in Toronto. I mean, Ed Bickert is one of my favorite guitar players of all time who lived in Toronto for his whole career. Red Schwager is a really amazing guitar player who's living in Toronto playing right now. A lot of people with really distinct voices um, that have influenced the way people play in the city that I actually don't even really hear that much in New York. Like it's a, it's a kind of regional sound that people kind of used to talk about in jazz. And it's, it's definitely alive in Toronto. There's this impact from these really powerful players that played a certain way. And um, it's some of my favorite music. So it's, it's pretty cool to be from a place that has that, especially on your own instrument. Yeah. So wait, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I think I agree with you that I think there are regional like flavors, you know, definitely. Yeah. I think some of the obvious ones are New York, LA, yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Like the certain, but, uh, could you describe what do you, what do you feel like is like the Toronto jazz guitar sound? Well, there's just these, these players that were just so, um, impactful on the scene. I mean, Ed Bickard right. and Lenny bro. And I mean, Ed, Ed Bickard, I think is just kind of this, like, there's this, kind of high standard that he created. It's just, it's so sophisticated and elegant. His harmonic concept is maybe my favorite of all time on the instrument. Um, just, yeah, I mean, his comping, I can't think of any guitar player I'd, I'd rather listen to comp. And the way that he approaches harmony is so unique and so advanced. I mean, there's there's just so much going on. His His voice leading and his sound concept are really at the highest level. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, I mean, he played on a different, he played on a Telecaster, so his sound is quite different. 
So I think like the combination of those things, his sound, the instrument, the harmony has really seeped into players that lived in Toronto because it's just this kind of like magnetic pull to have somebody like that around. So the younger generation, um, I think was really influenced by him and has kind of adopted some of the things that he did really well. And I think it's amazing how you can see through over time, like how one person can impact a sound regionally and can impact the music. And then other people as well, like Lenny Bro is just such a creative guitar player who did so many things on the instrument that you don't really hear anywhere else. It's just he really contributed a lot. And then those things are picked up on and, and kind of seep into other people's playing. And as time goes on, they're kind of building upon the legacy that those people create. So yeah, I think there, I think there is this specific regional thing that develops. And I think that's been around for a long time in so many other cities too. I mean, I think back in the day, like Kansas city would have a sound and different, yeah, like everywhere. I mean, right. it would be, it would be so specific to these regions. And I think that's such a cool, cool thing that, that develops through these communities. Yeah. And, uh, it seems to me from an outsider's perspective, like, yeah. you know, Canada in general is very supportive of jazz and the arts, at least in terms of there's, it seems like there's a bunch of grants that you guys can apply for that we definitely yeah. don't have access to here. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, there's a, there's a lot of different granting institutions. Canada council for the arts uh, is a really major one. The provinces have their own arts councils. There's an organization called factor. Uh, all of them are helping people make music and, and tour. And it's, it's also important because, I mean, everything is so far apart in Canada. If you're going to tour, I mean, often like you have to play in a city and then drive 10 hours to get to the next closest city. Oh, man. And sometimes yeah. the cities are even further. So, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible sometimes without their help. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a really valuable thing that they do. And it, and it impacts arts and culture throughout the country and, and abroad because you see a lot of Canadians um, – contributing from within the country, but also from outside that are, um, that have been exposed to these regional sounds that I was talking about and also the culture of Canada itself, and then are living other places and performing around the world. And I think it's a successful model. I think it's, it's very cool. Yeah. And some of the best jazz festivals in the world too. Yeah, absolutely. Montreal is definitely one of my all time favorite jazz festivals. It's, and I'm guessing you've played there before, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a very it, that's a very cool, very cool time to be in Montreal. So, what's happening with this the, with the record release? You got some gigs yeah. coming up. I know you tour with your trio pretty often. So, what's mm -hmm. what's coming up for you? Yeah, we're doing a New York release on March 8th at the Owl, and after that, in June, I'm going to be touring. Um, around Europe uh, for about two and a half weeks, UK, Germany, Austria, Belgium, uh, as well as Canadian festivals. So some of those festivals we'll be we'll be playing at to tour the tour the music. That's great. Do you know which ones of those festivals, or you can't say that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I don't know. Oh God, now you scared me. Maybe oh, I, no, can't I don't say know it. either. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten in trouble before, so I'm scared. okay. I'm well, don't get in it. trouble. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch, we'll watch out for those announcements. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Canadian festivals. Canadian festivals. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably come out around the time the CD comes out. Those announcements probably will come out. Probably. Guess, end of yeah. March. So. Yeah, chances are. That's great. So the Owl, that's a great venue. It's in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah, yeah, where I just moved, so it's nice to be local. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn now, which uh, I was living uptown for about seven years, and it's right. it's nice. It's nice to have a change of scenery. Nice. Which part of Brooklyn are you in now? Flatbush. I'm kind of around okay. Brooklyn College area. Yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent, man. Well, uh, what did we miss? Was there anything that you wanted to add about the record? Where can people find it? Where can people find you? Yeah, so it's slowly coming out on streaming platforms on Outside In. And the CD is up on my website, uh, alexgoodmanmusic.com. And um, it will be available in March. It'll be coming out quite quite soon. So that's exciting. Yeah, I don't think we can um, finish this without escaping your um, alter ego Instagram account. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. That's never come up before. It's that's never great. come up before. I guess it's no. we got to be on the inside. No, to that's, know. Like a, that's like an underground secret. Wow. But that is. <laughs> Unless my, you don't like people my, to know. It's just fine. It's like, I mean, that's the thing I'm most proud of in my whole life. So I might as well. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, it's pictures of Alan napping. Alan. Jeez. Alan. Alex. Hello. Um, Alan. Alex Alan napping. Yeah. <laughs> napping all over the world uh, on tour. Right. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a borderline narcoleptic. So um, that's another thing that happened rather organically by people just taking pictures of me falling asleep everywhere. <laughs> I'm glad you can find humor in it, though. That's a good thing. It's pretty funny. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's some of my favorite posts on on Instagram when I see one one of those. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Alex, thanks for taking some of the time today to chat and uh, yeah, thank you. forward to the, the music being out in the world and catching you at these festivals this summer. <laughs>